Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BMAC Talks Press. Welcome, everybody, to today's episode of Own the Microphone. I am in the midst of superstardom. Trust me on this one. Today, I have with me Mona Dixon. Mona and her family live on the streets and moved from one homeless shelter to another until she was the age of 13. A few years later, she was honored by President Barack Obama in the Oval Office. Yeah, superstardom. After receiving her Boys and Girls Club of America National Youth of the Year Award, Mona was awarded over $100,000 in scholarships. She shared the stage with, she has shared the stage with A-list celebrities and is featured in the national media. Mona, at the age of 27, is currently pursuing her doctoral degree in organizational leadership and empowering others while speaking for corporate companies, schools, youth organizations, fundraisers, graduations, parent organizations, and shelters. Everybody, uh, I'm telling you, you're in for a treat. Mona, it's fantastic to have you here with me today. Thank you so much for having me. Mona, when did it hit you that you would be a professional speaker, that this would be your jam? Uh, actually, after I became the National Youth of the Year for Boys and Girls Clubs of America back in 2010, uh, I was a youth spokesperson for a year. And from there, uh, individuals would be at events and they would start to hear me speak and they would ask, you know, how much do you charge? Can you come speak over here? And I'm like, what? How much do I charge? I didn't even know you could do such a thing. So um, and that gave me my platform for speaking. And then um, it just led and slowly but surely speaking events started out at like $100, $250, you know, $500 and just going up from there. I, I almost had to laugh. I, I when you said, wait a minute, what? You can charge for, for speaking? It almost made me want to say, is that legal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I was only 17 years old when I first started speaking. So uh, it wasn't until I was, I mean, I was just 18 years old when people were asking me, how much do I charge? So I was like, what? I had no idea. So was it the earning potential that drew you in? Was it something else that had you say, I can get on the stage, I can do this. Actually, when I first started out uh, in the Youth of the Year program for Boys and Girls Clubs, you have to share your speech on what the Boys and Girls Club means to you. And in the beginning, I... In the beginning, what I did was I was going into the competition so that I could receive scholarships. Uh, that was my initial reason for, you know, getting up there and getting on the stage because every level that you won in a competition, you would win scholarships. And I knew that college was like my way out of that cycle of homelessness. So from then on, uh, as I went on, I started to learn that through my story, I could impact others, I could change lives um, in the process of me speaking. So that's what started to motivate me when I would hear people say, because of you, I want to graduate high school or, or homeless uh, mothers would say, because of you, I know that this isn't the end of our life. Like we have so much more to go on with. And then I was like, wow, if I could change people, I, don't, I didn't have a lot of money, but if I could change people with just my story of inspiration, then I was all for it. Cause I'm always for 
making a difference in the world. And I learned that my voice was that. And then later on, when I learned that I could also get compensated for it, um, that was just a bonus on the side, of course. What do you say to people who, who will tell you, I don't have a story like yours, Mona. I, I don't have this incredible past and this inspirational background. Do I, do I belong on a microphone? What do you say to those people who question if they have anything of value to put out there to the masses? Well, I believe everybody has a story, of course. You might not think so, but there's someone out there who does, and there's someone out there who you can inspire. But I think it's not just about a story of overcoming obstacles that people want to listen to. People want to hear expertise about different topics. So if you know something or you're an expert in some field or you just know a lot of information in one field, people want to hear that, and they and that's what will get you on those stages is sharing that information. I think we're in an age where people just love to learn and people just love to gain knowledge. And by you getting on a stage, you share that knowledge with other people. There's people all the time who they might not be very, very good speakers, but they're very, very like, they're they're very much an expert on a specific field. And for that reason alone, people want to hear them speak. Now, you always make sure that your message resonates with people because you told us how you you will have people come up to you after a presentation saying, OMG, I was once homeless. My goodness, I am this, that, or the other. Your message really stuck with me. It really resonated with me. You have to have some secret sauce for making sure that your message resonates. What is your secret sauce that you can pass on to others who think, well, okay, yeah, I'm an expert in my field, but who wants to hear from me? Or, yeah, I know my industry, but I don't have anything worth spreading. What is the secret that you use to make sure that your message resonates that listeners can take and replicate in some kind of way to make sure their messages resonate? Well, I think uh, it was a combination, actually, of those things that you said to resonate with your audience. Um, One is definitely do research on who's in that room. And before you're even booked to speak, you got to know who's in there so that you can tailor your message to whoever you're speaking to. That helps, definitely. Um, two, I feel like sharing stories in your, within your speech, like you might not have a story yourself, but maybe you learned something from someone else, or you have a story that, uh, resonated with you and it could resonate with others and help them get through. So storytelling is always great because it allows people to vividly see journeys or experiences. Uh, so you definitely do that. Uh, and then I think for takeaways, you always want to have that for your audience. So I love the power of threes. And I feel like you should always just have three things that your audience should take away from you. And if you focus on that, if you tell them these three, these three things you're going to talk about, you talk about those three things, and then you remind them what those three things are. And you say, if you don't listen to anything else that you heard in my speech today, um, as long as you take these three things, you'll be good or you'll, you'll, you have come in, you, you will have left greater than when you have come into this speech today. So I think you should always have three takeaways. Uh, and 
always come back to those three takeaways that people can take with them to help get them from wherever they are, point A, B, or C to that next step? I'm going to come back and ask you a question about storytelling because I have a lot of guests on who will say that. Stories are that mental hook. Stories are those pieces that people will just cling to and that make your presentations memorable. So I will come back to you in a little bit and ask you, what is your formula for telling a great story? Because yes, everyone has a story, but we don't necessarily know how to tell it. So I'm going to come back and ask you a little bit about just your approach, or maybe even ask you to tell us a quick story that you use in your presentations. And then maybe we'll talk about what makes it a great story. So I'll come back to that. But I want to grab onto something you said. You said, even if you tell your audience, if you don't listen to anything else, listen to these three pieces. If you don't hear anything else, then hear this. That is a fantastic line. Because who isn't going to tune in and get on the edge of the seat? Do you have other phrases, maybe one, two, three other phrases that you use in your presentations that that make people say, oh, I've got a good one here. Oh, I better pay attention. I love that one. If you don't hear anything else, if you don't listen to anything else, listen to this. What other phrases might you use to make sure the audience is dialed in to you? Oh, I would say something along the lines of, I want to leave you with this, or this quote, or this story, or these lessons that I've learned. I feel like when you do that, they tune in and they listen as well, because it's like, okay, this person is going to leave me with something that changed their life or changed the lives of other people. So when you leave them with something, it's almost like a gift, and they want to take it. So I definitely... Um, encourage that because that definitely has them tune in to whatever you're going to say. I like the idea of, of the gift when you tell them, I want to leave you with this. I, I, I like hearing when people tell me that because it really does feel like you're opening up your heart and giving me something of value. I like that line. So there you go, everybody. There are two phrases right there that you can use. If you don't listen to anything else, then listen to this. Or in closing, I want to leave you with this quote, with this quick lesson. Uh, I even like telling audiences this one, Mona, especially when doing trainings or uh, conference breakout sessions where people are looking for takeaways. I like starting off with, of course, a great opener, but also saying by the time we're done, you will know how to do A, B, and C. Yes. By the time we're finished, yes, by the time we're finished, you will have X, Y, Z tools. Because then I have your attention. You're thinking, whoa, I'm getting this, this, and this. Let me make sure I'm tuned in, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you're like, I want to make sure. You know, when someone tells you by the time you leave here, you're going to learn this, this, and this. Well, I'm going to be listening out for this, this, and this. It's almost like when you're in school and they give you this rubric and it has fill in the blanks, right? So they tell they tell you, okay, look for this. So now when I'm watching this video or listening to something, I'm listening for these specific words to fill in the blanks. It's the same thing when you say that, when you're saying, I'm going to leave you with this. So now I'm listening for those specific three things that you told me I'm going to leave with today. And you better deliver too, because you're going to have people like Bridget and like Mona sitting there 
<laughs> Very true. <laughs> There's been times where people will have a whole acronym for something and they'll forget, and I'll be like, "Uh, what was the A for?" You know, they're like, "Oh yeah," you know. So yeah, you don't want to be missing out pieces. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this, Mona. I was that child who sat on the front row in church, the front pew. And granted, I grew up in a really small town. And so there weren't a ton of people. The church wasn't huge. but I so, so it was easy for me to claim that front row seat. So I would sit on the front row. And if the preacher, especially if it was a guest preacher, and I, I don't know anything about you, okay? Not that you need to impress little old me as a kid. But if a guest preacher was there and he would tell us that he was going to uh, read from or recite some scripture and he would tell us what that scripture was. I already had my Bible cracked open. I'm sitting there waiting, making sure that you recite this, this scripture word for word. And if you miss even an article, A, V, or N, I'm looking at you cockeyed. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> With presentations, people are have people have expectations, and especially if you lay out for them what they can expect, then they're going to want you to deliver. Now, back to the storytelling piece. How do you ensure you tell a great story? Because you will have, just as we have people who don't think they're great presenters, we also have people who don't think they're great storytellers. Uh, do you have any hallmarks of, of good storytelling or things that you need to make sure you do or don't do? Help us out with that. <laughs> All right. So a lot of the times I speak at fundraising events uh, and I help charities raise money for their, for their uh, cause, for their clients and everything. And so what a lot of people think, oh, well, what I always try to get across is that every single dollar counts. Um, and I have my personal story of that, of how a lady invested $20 in my Boys and Girls Club membership fee and how that changed the rest of my life. But basically, I show people how tw just $20 took me from where I was to where I am today. Like, it changed my entire life. But another story that I like to share is how a little boy was walking down a beach and there was thousands of starfish all over the beach, just spread out. And little by little and one by one, he, he would pick up a starfish and he would throw it back in the water to try to save it. And an elderly man came along the way and he said, well, what are you doing? And the little boy said, well, I'm saving the starfish. And the elderly man just laughed at him and was like, what? Like, there's thousands on this beach. You can't possibly save all of them. And the little boy bent over and he, he picked up one of the starfish and he tossed it back in the water. And he said, but I made a difference for that one. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in the audience that translates to them and lets them know like you might not solve this whole entire problem that we're here for you might not solve breast cancer as a whole or you might not solve child hunger as a whole but any donation that you give today is going to make a difference for at least one person. And that's how you're going to make a difference in the world. And I think that telling stories like that um, helps people see themselves in a story and it helps them see that they can make a difference even if they think that their difference may be small. And actually it's huge to that one person. And what is so important 
is I'm thinking you reverse engineer the story. You reverse engineer the story. You think to yourself, what big idea I want to convey. So for you, the big idea you were wanting to convey was I may not be able to save everybody. You may not be able to save everybody, but you can make a difference with just one action, one move, one step. And, and that is impactful. So think about your one big idea, your one big lesson, your one big takeaway, and then find a story that illustrates that. Find a story that illustrates that. And actually, one uh, book that I am going to recommend is a book, and I think I've recommended this before, uh, is a book entitled resonate present visual stories where we you, you just take a big idea and then turn it into something that the audience can relate to i think that's our takeaway on that yeah yeah definitely definitely uh i remember hearing a story recently and i was like wow that's a great one too and it, long story short the lesson like you said if you start from what's the lesson that i want to teach people or what do i want to get them get them to learn from my story and then you work backwards from there and there was another one where a teacher had written everybody's name on balloons and threw them in a hallway and then let all the kids go out there and said find your balloon and bring it back to me well no kid could find their balloon and then so then the teacher said okay everybody find a balloon and then get it to whoever's name is on the balloon and in that case everybody got a balloon and they said by by helping other people then you receive success as well and that was like wow you know like <laughs> that was awesome to me because I was like when you look out for just yourself and you're going out there you might not be as successful but when you're helping others you'll be helped in return and I really really liked that as well I love that one I love that when you shine the light on others not only does that other person shine but you also end up shining do you ever get scared nervous sweaty palms, anything like that when you present. You sound so put together. Does, does that ever happen, Mona? <laughs> so every time, actually. I, I still get nervous <laughs> to this day. Um, one of the things that I do, like my nervous tick, I guess, is if I stand still at a podium, my legs might shake just a little bit, you know, <laughs> when I'm nervous in the beginning. So mm -hmm. that's actually what got me to start walking the stage, which people actually love for some reason, rather than someone just standing at the podium. So it actually worked out in my favor. Um, but now I always get nervous uh, a few, I mean, right before when someone's giving my bio and I know I'm up next, that's when my nerves kick in and I never eat before I get on stage either. Um, but then once I'm up there, uh, I, I just, you know, say how much of an honor and a pleasure it is to be there with them and to be able to share my story and spend time with them today. And it just gets me into my mode uh, within those first 10 to 15 seconds. And then I'm good to go from there. It's back to that shining the light on everybody else. Because when you get up there, you talk about how great it is to be with them, how fantastic it is that they're giving you this opportunity to to impart information on them. So 
you're showing gratitude. You're, you are showing appreciation for the audience, for the organization, for the venue, what have you. You're shining the light on others, taking some of the pressure off of you. So that's always an awesome way to start is by thanking everybody. Mona, part of your presentations often will include a slide deck. And it is an extension of you, that PowerPoint or that uh, the Apple cousin. I can't even think of what uh, it's called right now. The cousin, the Apple cousin to PowerPoint. Uh, and I use it all the time and it's slipping my mind. At any rate, now your slide deck is an extension of you and your brand. How do you make sure that it looks gorgeous or that it aligns with you and your message? Well, to help you out, I think it's Keynote for Mac. Yes. <laughs> yes. Rockstar. Thank yeah. you. So, uh, and I have to admit, I only know that because I, I have my Mac that I'm using. So I was like, okay, let me help her out right now. <laughs> but uh, other than that, um, I feel like with your slides, you have to find that balance between something that helps people who may be visual learners. So maybe you're speaking and you have a picture up on your slide. So that's what I do. I normally have pictures and not words for the most part, or I show videos within the presentation.